All right, back here at the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-CRIME. All right, moving on since we spent two hours on the black hole today and the black abyss. The bottom line on all the back and forth, wish list, coach list, Mark Davis sucks. The bottom line, Raider Nation, you starting over in 2024. Good luck. Good luck. Okay. And to be honest with you, I would love, can you imagine a division, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and John Harbaugh, and Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh? Can you imagine that? And then, and like I said, the Chargers are about to do something too. It's just a matter of time. Oh, that'd be must TV. Each team would at least get three, four primetime games off the bat. But let's switch gears to the NBA. Last night saw the San Antonio Spurs in the desert rally from 20 points down, coming off of a 40-piece beatdown, 40-water beatdown. Um, and they end up rallying and coming from behind to defeat the Phoenix Suns. Um, watch the game in its entirety. All right. Uh, 118. Uh, well, no, that's the wrong. It's 115 to 114. Um, this is what I took from it. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those early wins that could go a long way for a young team uh, against a team like the Suns. Now, granted, I know we all know there's no Devin Booker. There's no Bradley Bill, but there's still KD and there's still a roster that is supposed to be competing for a championship. So. Even with that said, I think it's a very encouraging sign just to be able to gut it out after coming down off of a beat down 40. You know, you can easily sit there and let human nature take over and say, hey, we're down. We're not doing good. We just got beat by 40. We're on this road trip. But they dug deep. They had some assistance from the Suns with some turnovers. Maybe kind of got a little lackadaisical, thought the Spurs were going to quit. Uh, but you got to give them credit on that. Like I said in the opening of the show a couple hours ago, that's why I'm hard on Keldon Johnson, because that's who Keldon Johnson has the capabilities of being. Now, I don't need Keldon Johnson. I'm not saying Keldon Johnson needs to average, has scored 27 points and steals and average 27 30. No, but I feel that basically being engaged and being a force on the court like that and playing smart ball for the most part. That's what I expect of Keldon Johnson, regardless whether he was drafted, regardless what his role is, a contract. That's what this organization is banking on him to do. Now, with that said, let's go to the star, the, 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 the star traction, Wimby. Um, there's been cons some consistency with him, positive and negative. Positive is he's consistently, for the most part, been there in the fourth quarter. His his game elevates in winning time in the fourth quarter just naturally. That's a good sign. Been consistent through that through his first few games early on in his career. In his NBA career. The negative too that has been consistency is his turnovers. He turns the ball over a lot. I think he's ranked like second in the league already in turnovers or somewhere like that. 
Um, that comes with the size. I mean, he's, you know, again, he they play the game totally different over there in France in that league than they do in the NBA. And he's just got to get used to There's going to be guys because of size swiping down, losing the ball there because he likes to put it on the floor, off the dribble, you know, go to the basket or go. That's one of those things that I think in time will get cleaned up without a doubt. Um, when I look at the Spurs right now, the one thing that I would – and, and and again, it's going to come in time because this is just who Pop is. This is, you know, coming along slow. He brings things slow. But for the most part, the Spurs, through the first three games or four games, they play like it's a high-priced pickup game at lifetime. Um, Wimby, you know, there's a lot of talk of why can't he be on the block? Why can't he be more down there? He's getting pushed off. He wants to be behind a three-pointer. We've seen the highlights for a couple of years. We know this is who he plays, how he plays. Well, part of that, I just feel Pop's not really calling plays for him yet still. Now, I'm assuming at some point in 82 games at the course of this season, he's going to actually have some, you know, calls and some, and some plays called for him. Um. The other thing that's curious to me, and again, and you know, I was telling AC last night, she was getting flushed. She's like, dude, it's four, three minutes left. Why isn't Wimby in the game? I'm like, look, man, Pop has always been the coach that usually is going to ride the hot hand of the hot group that's making a run. No matter, I've seen Tim Duncan sit on the bench for five, five or six minutes in the fourth quarter. That's why I say the one thing that lazy Spur fan always do, they, when they criticize the team and they really don't want to throw Pop on the, all the way in the bus or question his coach, they talk about rotations. And it kind of stems from when you have a situation where there's four minutes left, we want this guy to get learning and be in these situations. Kevin Durant's on the other court, his idol growing up. Why is he in crunch time? Well, that's par for the course, man. Pop goes with lineups and team, like units that get hot, he stays with them. And that unit got him back in the game. They went on like a 9-10-0 some run. They were playing deep. They were turning the ball over. They were rebounding. So I'm not going to fall for him that. And I can't really go all the way in because I've got to give it time to see when he really starts coaching this team as a team. Right now, I see him coaching a lot of individuals, like during timeouts. Like, you know, you'll see him talk to Wimby about things. I've seen him talk to Keldon John. Like, hey, well, not so much Keldon, but I've seen him talk to Trey Jones. I've seen him talk to, you know, Sohan. I'm talking about, and I know the mics went in yesterday when he just said, hey, man, he goes, look, the, let's not, the one message I like he had was like, hey, let's not wilter. You know, we're a young team in this, and but let's not get discouraged because we got turnover, whatever. Well, eventually, I want that to, to get out of, like, reminding them they're a young team. Like, he knew, and he said it, and then I felt that this is the thing I was looking for. It's like, okay, now you've got the number one pick, and now you've got these nice young pieces, it's time to start coaching them a little bit harder. He hasn't started that yet. He's not coaching. You know, I'm not at practice. I don't cover the team, don't want to cover the team like that, so I'm not at practice. I'm not talking to players or whatever. But for the most part, just what I'm seeing, not at practice but on TV, I've seen him coach forever down here. I've seen him coach the team hard. Now, this is a young team, but eventually there's only one way a young pup going to get house trained. So... There's definitely, I think, a lot more. Pop. Those you look, it's not like 17 games in the NFL. Okay, it's not like you can win on a Sunday and Thursday, and that could be the one win that really, you know, like it happens in the NFL a lot in 17. We're talking about 82 games. But with that said, that is one of those wins, though, last night. I mean, you can look at when I love Wimby's reaction after the game. 
That's what you want to see. You want to see a guy act like that, that maybe didn't have one of his best games, but he came on late. Maybe this, whatever, wasn't really in too much of foul trouble. But the thing is, he wanted to win. He reacted. He was joyful, you know, for Keldon, for the, you know, basically getting the last, going through all that, getting the steal from them. He, that's, that's, you know, that's golden. That's golden. You can't teach that. I don't care if you got Pop, Phil Jackson. That's got to be born in a young man, and that's born in him at 19. So I think early on, I still want to see more from this team from a structural standpoint. Instead of just seeing a bunch of guys just get to right now, just to flowly, fleetly, just go ahead and run up down the court and shoot. Now, Pop's probably doing an experiment. He's probably letting them go out and do get used to the new toy. Let's see who can fit with Wimby, and y'all let y'all do it my way until we get to the, I don't know, Three weeks in the season. The month is completed the season. Let's see what the record is. Y'all doing it in y'all's way. And let me start night in the boat. That's probably what Pop's doing. But definitely a good win. Definitely good. And, and I think it's, I appreciate the win more because of what happened to, with the Clippers. Because those 40-point losses, especially with a young team, that could turn into a three, four, five-game skid. I mean, you played the Phoenix Suns. Granted, barely Bill wasn't there and Devin Booker wasn't there. That ain't on the Spurs' fault. They still got Kevin Durant. And they still got a roster that's supposed to be competing for the NBA Finals. 877-37-GRIND. What do you got? In an oddity, uh, the Spurs are still in Phoenix. They play the Suns yeah. again tomorrow night. Um Obviously, you have to feel like the Frank Vogel's talked about it since he feels slighted. Uh, you know, he feels that Trey Jones really did get the foul on Kevin Durant there at the end that wasn't called. Uh, had it been called, Keldon wouldn't have been able to, you know, uh, steal the ball from Kevin. Uh, you think Kevin it was a Sands. foul? I think I think that there's we've seen, especially when a, an official knows that a team is trying to foul, that you'll sometimes see that get called. Like, okay, yeah, I mean, you don't have to punch a guy in the face to get the foul. Right. Um, I, and that's definitely a fouling situation where a team is trying to. Trey was all over him. You saw the shove. And um, and I, I feel like they could have very well called the foul there. They didn't. Keldon took it out of KD's hands. KD's standing there like, uh, what happened? Um, and, of course, you know, the rest is history. Kelvin throws it down. Well, I think basically a little kudos to the ref because the refs are under fire lately. I mean, I'll tell you, especially in the sports betting world, NBA, NFL, these refs are under gun, under fire. Okay. All right. Mark Davis can skate, but we're going to blame the officials. But let me tell you something. Kudos to the NBA officials that because first of all, I think everything was, and this is the reason why Kevin Durant he gave that look because most people think, and most people most likely a guy like Kevin Durant stature is going to get that call at home, especially against a guy like Keldon Johnson. But this is why I'm giving the refs kudos, and this is the reason why I think it was a good non-call because the anticipation. See, Keldon where he did it by accident or it was designed that way, Keldon might have nudged him or came, but Keldon didn't come in in that particular situation where you're really trying to potential foul. Well, you Trey, that Trey was defending. Or, well, Keldon, Keldon had gone out of bounds right. and well, come back inbounds. You're right. You're came right. Up behind him, grabbed well, the ball, and, and took it to the well, well, credit to that point with Trey. And then Keldon, because they both collapsed, and you're thinking that they're going to foul him because time's out, whatever. And Kevin Durant made a mistake by assuming that was going to happen too and got relaxed and, okay, or are you going to foul me? And then here comes Keldon aggressive, rip the ball and go, and the rest is history. And I think that's the reason why. Because usually, look, in the NBA, especially if you're Kevin Durant, you're going to stay off maybe a minute, minute and a half if you don't have no media obligations, and you're going to be grilling 
the the refs after that game is final if you lose the game that way. The reason why Kevin Durant didn't do that because Kevin knows, like, all right, man, like, yeah, I might have got hit. I might have had a little scrape. But the, honestly, I thought y'all were coming to foul me. Kudos to all three that took place. The rest for not taking the bait because that's Kevin Durant. We got to find it. If we don't, he'll create a burner account and be critical of us. And kudos to my guy, Trey. I'm on this island by Trey. I know Jazz wants some shipped out. She won't admit it, but she wants some shipped out. Trey Jones is, can run this team. Trey Jones and Keldon. That's why I'm on Keldon's ass, man. Because I can't accept Keldon. I don't care any game of 82. The years I can't accept Keldon running around eight points, oh, one for eight, bull in a china shop, running over two offensive charges. That's the Keldon that the 210 needs. Not saying he's got to average 27. What do you have? 27 and like eight. He had a hell of a stat line. And his energy was consistent all night, but it really picked up in the fourth quarter. Wimby started to feed off of it. So, look, I'm fair, man. I know y'all think I come at a screen, oh, this and this, you just come. No, when you, there's a reason why I look at things a certain way. And then when you do right and you deserve the credit, I'm the first one in line because that's the expectations on Kevin. Am I going to come in and am I going to be hard, even though I've, I've, I've left that boat, but McDermott? Am I going to hold McDermott, McBuckets, or Chicken McNuggets, whatever they say, to the same standard of Keldon Johnson? No, I'm not. Because I know what I got in him. His dad was a coach. Watched him in college. He's very heady. He's a smart player, and he's a good guy in the locker room. That's why he's going to keep a job in the NBA. I know what I got. Still don't know why he's on this roster, but I know what, what he got in him. Keldon, that's different. Keldon played on a loaded Kentucky team. Keldon was gift wrapped to the San Antonio Spurs, but he's got talent. And a lot of people at that time, I kept receipts, national media. Oh, Spurs got a steal. Spurs got a steal. Keldon didn't come in here through the back door, man. It got lucky, but he didn't come in here. This ain't nobody coming from no, you know, D2, D3 school that just fell on the radar. That's why I'm on Keldon's ass, because he can play like that. 877, 37 ground. What do you got? One of the things that's still really annoying about this, I mean, enjoy the win, right? You know, uh, but that perimeter defense still uh, bothers this season. It's been, it's still been rough. I mean, you look at, um, you look at the last night's game. Allowed them to shoot forty-two percent from deep, uh, yeah, eighteen to thirty-nine. Well, I, that, that's I'm part of that's KD. A lot of it's just bad defense. Well, you know, it's crazy. You be the first one to critique that on this program because I think maybe I haven't – that hasn't – because I've been on this whole poor defensive team and defending the three, but I think I'm so focused in on Wimby and I'm so focused in on Keldon and the group around him and the rotate, I'm kind of even missing. Like I, And the scary thing is I hope I didn't – haven't grown numb to that. Like I've accepted that. You know, like, oh, that's just the spur. They just can't guard. I hope that's not the case. I don't want to fall in that comfortability because if I do that, damn it, that means Coach Pop and everybody else is all, well, that's just what we do. No. Like Mike Thomas said, the standard is the standard. Just like there was one guy that said, just win, baby. Rolling around in his grave. Son just running this damn thing to the ground. And nobody's saying nothing about it. When it comes to the standard, you can only yeah. do so you can only do so much at a time. Uh, they're still a young team learning how to gel. Um, it is rough to see, uh, but they stole one. So, so when you come back tomorrow night, then, I mean, the the Suns have this chance. They got an extra chip on their shoulder. KD come out on fire, or do they just kind of like 
let the Spurs have their moment and rest, Katie. Well, no, I mean, I think Phoenix Suns will probably the, – I, I would could see the game going the similar the same way. Uh, maybe Phoenix would probably have an opportunity to be up double digits, and their case may be, and it's just going to come down to where I think now the Phoenix will have their attention since you're just like – you just played them. You'll be more self-conscious not to let the – you know, not let your guard down. Like, okay, this we gave this team confidence, and they stole it out of here. So I don't know what this win does – them. I think it's a big win for where they're at, and that's hard to say in 82-game season in October the 31st, only the season not even damn near barely a week old. But you got to put everything in contents, where the franchise at, where the team's at, what they're dealing with, and who the opponent was. You got to break that down when you look at everything like that. Everything is not just as black and white as it seems just because it's L's and W's. What's the contents of it? Okay. So, when we get back, I want to talk about the top 25, and I have a question about Russell Wilson. Is he going to be able to deal with this going forward with about 10 weeks left, a little under 10 weeks left in the season? Is he going to be able to stick with this? And I'll let you know what that's about when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their drinks. They have pre-alcoholic drinks. They come in all different flavors, so make sure you try those out. And don't forget, they still offer their blazing Michelada mix as well, too. But whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So, um... Yeah, but in, in all, 
a positive uh, vibe last night with the W. Um, but before we go, there's a couple other NBA notes I want to put out there. And then, of course, I want to get in this top 25. I'll try to get to my Russell take. But uh, if we don't, we'll parlay that over tomorrow. But before we do all that, let's go to the phones. Uh, let's see what we got here. Jazz, Jazz, you're on the sports grind here. What's going on? What's on your mind, Jazz? Hey, Calvin. Hey, okay. Jazz. Okay. From our conversation we had last week, I have no problem with the players right now, whether it's Trey or anyone else. Right. I have no problem. I have one issue, mm-hmm. and that one issue is, I think, the starting point of us getting even into a better rhythm. Right. And that's the simple fact, and I know Jonas mentioned he doesn't like the traditional point guard situation, but... I truly believe that if Trey or I guess they call him Jetty, Trey or Jetty start, it will help the uh, starting unit so much more. Okay. It, it'll it'll get the open, you know, Vassell, it'll help Wimby, it'll help everybody because they'll be in the right positions and Trey and them will know how to pass it to them when they're open. Okay. Um, I don't care if you, we keep Sohan in the, in the starting lineup and we go smaller right now or keep Zach. Either one can come – you know, come off the sec- uh, in the second unit, but I believe that we need that starting point guard, be it Trey, be it J- J- Jetty, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the that's where the foundation of the Spurs, I think, is starting. When you say when becomes gets better in the second half or near the end, it's because Trey and them guys are in there. Uh, that's my point. I think it's very very important to me that we have a point guard, and and I know the game has changed. I know it. It's not uh, traditional point guards all the way anymore. But in our case, I think that's what we need. Real quick, Jazz, before I hang up and let you go, just a question for you because I, I will always respect your, your Spurs opinion and I know you were watching these games. How do you feel, due to the fact of the development process of Wimby, in in the situation that took place last night, how do you feel in regards to do you want him on the court in a game like that, especially against a caliber player? Like, do you want him in the last three or four minutes? If he's not in foul trouble, he's not fouled out in the court, no matter what, or were you okay with just riding that rotation? Because I know you're big on the rotation. Were you okay with just pop riding that rotation out until he got that TV timeout and put him back in the game with about two minutes, two and a half minutes left? Yeah, I, I got I got that, and I, I, I believe that the it, whatever is making us win should be where it's at. I think that it was a little bit of the politics and the television and all that to bring Wemby in. I think Wemby has no problem. He would He's going to close out as long as the system is running well, meaning he's getting the ball where he needs to be. He gets tough. He's 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 fine to close out. So yeah, it's it's a hard question to answer i got you um when they were rolling i thought they should roll but i have no problem that Wimby came in it's not like a scrub grub is coming in it's just the fact that he has to be in the right rhythm with the with the the the, the system that's going on at that time all right jazz thanks for the phone call good phone call good points um like i said my main thing is just to have spurs nation not overreact and kind of simmer down a little bit with the expectations of the team overall because it's still a process and again i get it because you're talking about an organization and a city that has seen five titles (laughs) you know i mean it's been a while but those expectations don't leave in towns like this in towns like the mile high city in denver which the nuggets by the way are four and oh They've already, you know, tied, and I think – I don't know if they've eclipsed yet, but they're already with that 2016 Cavs team of defending champs are starting out 
undefeated 3-0. They return to the first round scene tonight against the Minnesota T-Wolves. I haven't had a chance to dive into the T-Wolves yet, but, um, you know, this is a rematch of that first round. And the question I've got tonight, is the Joker going to record another triple-double? Because we're going to start triple-double watch here pretty soon for Joker because he's come off the gate banging. I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, look, this dude loves his hometown. He loves to go back home. He actually sometimes, I know it was circling, he kind of looked impressed, like, okay, man, I got to go back to work. You would think a guy like come out of slow, he didn't come back in with no weight, doesn't seem like he picked up any weight. They're hungry, and I said it yesterday. Mike Malone, I believe, is probably the right perfect guy for this team trying to go back to back. Because Mike Malone has set the standard. Like, if we don't get at least three titles out of this crew, we ain't really done nothing. I promise you a dollar, bet you a dollar to a donut. He has maybe not said in those direct words, but he has let that team know something to that. That, hey, that one championship, this is what all we going to get. So, I, I, you know, normally the, you can go back to that Lakers team, the 01 Lakers team. They came back. You can go to some of the – other than the Michael Jordan-led Bulls teams for most of those part, if you go back to the Lakers team, you talk back some of these Spurs teams, it is very common in the NBA that defending, especially after that first title, that you basically come out a little bit like it takes you to maybe you get to the mid or till after Turkey and you get some uh, dressing and some sweet potatoes in you. Then you wake up and say, hey, man, the season's here. We got to defend the title. The Nuggets have came out with the bell ringing swinging. Like Mike Tyson used to come out when they go ding ding, and that guy sitting across the mic was like, Man, what the hell did I take this fight? And next thing you know, Mike just hits him, and bam, Jerry Curl juice and everything just flies everywhere. That's how the Nuggets then came out. Also, NBA note the Clippers. Look, man, I don't care about James Harden. If the Clippers stay healthy, they are by far the biggest threat to the Nuggets. And the reason why I say that is because I'm not sold on Phoenix depth yet outside this starting five whenever the hell Devin Booker and Bradley Bill decides to stop laughing and cutting jokes on the sideline and come out on the court. If they stay healthy, come on. They got the Lakers tonight. They go across the hallway. They had Orlando last night, started off slow. Orlando won the first quarter. They come back, boom, thank you for coming, just an explosion. It's about health. And I'm telling you, the body language is a Kawhi Leonard, the claw. Y'all remember 210, the claw. If you had an owner at that time and Peter Holt wasn't in his words health, it'd be six in the trophy case instead of five. But when you ain't got no owner or you got an incompetent owner like Mark Davis, can't win. I wish I had Adrian's voice. You can't win. I digress. Kawhi Leonard has a different moxie about him. I'm telling you, man, that whole load management, this and this, that's got to him. And I wonder, Paul, it just, it's a ticking time bomb with both of them. Can they make it to the finish line with the minute? Because they're deep. They're deep. And I've got a lot of respect for Tyrone Lue. If you can coach LeBron James and win a ring with LeBron James, I know people say, oh, that's easy. And LeBron, I mean, remember he bumped into Coach Bo. Like, that wouldn't, remember that time at the first year with the Heat? LeBron's not that easy to coach. Tyrone Lue stood with him eye to eye. Now, Tyrone Lue's short. He didn't get stepped over like AI. But Tyrone Lue said, hey, man, I'm going to run this team. Tyrone Lue is a championship coach. 
He just has to have bullets in the chamber and the gun when it's ready to go to battle. And I believe if they stay healthy, they're the biggest. I, I don't like making really solid predictions on basketball until we get to probably Christmas or after Christmas. But what I'm seeing, right, Denver Nuggets got a damn good chance to go back to back. But and I'm looking at teams right now. And I'm not. I'm just going to stick with the West. In the West, they've got the biggest chance, the best chance, and I believe because of the depth to dethrone them. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, real quick. Uh, let's get into this college talk. This top twenty five that was released. For everybody that didn't listen to the show yesterday, and didn't and forgot to go to sportsgrindonline.com to check the podcast, um, I gave you my top six yesterday. And let me just go ahead and reveal that real quick, because uh, this was in re- real time before the special of uh, the Four Letter Network put on their release. I had my top six was I had Oregon at six, Washington Huskies at five, Ohio State at four, Florida State at three, Michigan at two, and Georgia at one. And what did the committee have after they sat in the room for weeks and days looking at this what did they come out jonas with what's their top six well they're page refresh okay one second here uh where they've got it sitting at starting at and you actually gave us seven uh yesterday you did say texas at seven i said i would put them there at seven mixed in with alabama at eight maybe but yeah but i'm only confident but go ahead alabama was at eight texas was at seven yeah i've done this Uh, before oregon at six washington at five your tops here number four florida state so you had them at three they've got them at four yeah michigan number three georgia number two and the Ohio State University, number one. Um, we were off a little bit, speaking of the committee and with my picture of the committee, but I was kind of in real time at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time yesterday. I revealed this. It wasn't totally way off. So that lets you know. Really I, just one team. If Ohio, if Ohio State uh-huh. isn't number one, okay. it likely falls in the same way. Okay. So that can let you know. I, I qualify. I could be in that room if I wanted to to make sense. Don't have the qualifications or credentials. But watching other college football. And this, I told you, I didn't know about rankings. I don't know about, I'm not rankings, but power schedule of opponent, all that. I don't go that deep, deep, deep with it. I go by the naked eye test, sitting on my couch with some Maestro Del Tequila and looking at all this, breaking it down. Can we justify, Ohio State at number one, just off the naked eye test, I, I don't have Ohio State now if I'm not mistaken, statistically, I think they have put themselves in, I think, as the top defense in the country. I think I don't know if they're ranked now one or two or top two or three defensively in the country. We'd have to fat check me on that because I'm trying to basically figure out how did this come about in this committee room. Um, I just don't – I mean, look, Notre Dame had 10 people on the field twice at the end of the game. Pretty much could have had that game won. That was a ranked opponent at that time. Penn State, they have this winning streak against Penn State. I love James Franklin, but they always blow out Penn State. They pulled away from Penn State. That game wasn't really competitive at the fourth quarter on. Ohio State already started to pull away. Penn State couldn't do anything offensively. Horrible game planning. So those are the committee telling me those are those. Am I missing something? Is the committee telling me those are the two most impressive wins? That they got and they're but they're putting them above one because 
I understand what's going on with Michigan. I mean, Michigan, I think they have them at three. They put Michigan at three. That's the hardball effect. That's the scandal. That's potentially cheating. That, that's what that has to do. I don't care that they haven't played as many ranked opponents that Ohio State, whatever. They've, looked, they've dominated the most out of any team in this country. That's why there's no way you can tell me they're the third best team. But has the Ohio State, have they beat two top ten opponents? Because if they beat two top ten opponents at the time they were ranked when they played them, that's the only thing I can really think about in the room while there was a vote. And I can't tell you, I can't. I don't believe they had the number one unanimous vote in that room. I can't remember how many are on the committee, but you can't tell me that this was a consensus vote in that room that Ohio State was the best team. It should start. And look, all this is going to play itself out. They do this stuff for May for TV, it gives people in our business content to talk about, but it's going to play itself out. But the reality of it is, is they're 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 letting them come out the gate, which does matter, by the way, because if you stumble, how far are they going to drop you if you go to one all the way, whatever? So they basically have given Ohio State a mess up card late November, in the month of November, because how far are you going to drop them? But have, have you looked to find really the opponents maybe that they beat that's ranked? Jonas. Well, really quick, uh, from NCAA.com, Ohio State has the num- uh, they're ranked as the number four total defense. Okay. Uh, they've only allowed nine opponent touchdowns, and which is second best behind Michigan, who has <laughs> held teams to five touchdowns. I mean, come on, on man. the season. I don't care who you're playing. That's that's five impressive. touchdowns. Um, and uh, Michigan also there with the. Uh, 22.6 yards per game is the lowest yards per game allowed on defense. Um, but from the Ohio State schedule, it's just Notre Dame and Penn State. And at that it's, time, what were they ranked? Does it say or you don't know? I don't I know. Okay. I'm, I'm just okay. going off the current standings. I got you. I got you. But, but you've got your wins. and It's it's also about, you look at the, the t- scoring difference. So we, the we, we talked about scoring, yeah. The, yeah. We talked about that with Michigan a while back. Right. About just how they're laying it on right. everybody. Right. Ohio State thirty-five to seven over Youngstown State in Week One. Oh, sorry, Week Two. They had a uh, twenty-three to three over Indiana in Week One. Okay. And you lay it on Western Kentucky. Okay, sixty-three to ten. Right. You come back seventeen fourteen. You win over Notre Dame. You beat. You only. You you don't win by three scores against Maryland. Maryland's a good team, okay. though. Maryland was a good. I'll give thirty-seven them that. to seventeen. You beat down Purdue, forty-one to seven. You get by Penn State, twenty to twelve, and then Wisconsin, unranked Wisconsin. Uh, you only beat them by two scores again, twenty-four to ten. Right. So it's a it's just a really tough. I think it's just because of what Marvin Harrison Jr. effect. I think hmm. you're combining that with the fact that okay, well then you can say, well, who has Georgia played? And that's a fair question for Georgia, but they're also the reigning champions. Right, totally agree. So they should get a bump ahead for strength of schedule. Nope, you're defending. Right, I totally agree with that. If you want to do the Harbaugh effect for the for the scandal, okay, to you move them. Not all with that, but but Michigan. Well, Michigan is one of the best teams, and and arguably the best team in college football right now. To this point, the way that they're laying it on people. To this point, so uh, I think that okay, the Harbaugh moves them to three, put Ohio State at two, then Florida State at four. You could argue you've said before too, Florida State could. Florida State could be two. I, I think my opinion, I think Florida, if you had to ask me now, I would take Florida State over Ohio State in a neutral field. Um, There's no need to kick and scream about this. It's the first 
um, poll. And we already know there's that big game at the end of the season between Michigan State and Ohio State anyway. Which I asked uh, you about yesterday. Right. And you said it, it could that Ohio State couldn't because you had them ranked behind Michigan. Yeah. Well, so now if Ohio State does, like you said, you know, now, at the top. Yeah. Now how far are you going to drop them? You ain't going to probably drop them past four. And look, you got to get there first. We, we've been yes. talking about this for years. There's a lot of money into this, and money does play into this. They can say what they want subconsciously. Who travels? Ohio State is a hell of a brand. Okay. The Raiders are a hell of a brand too. At least it was. I'm laying in and down today. Yeah, that's um, out of left field. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it's going to play itself out. But to me, Michigan, look, you know, what is going to happen is going to happen with them amongst this whole scan. Like I said, I didn't. I knew we weren't going to have time to get into the Sabruta film almost. This guy incognito with a hat, hat with shades. I'm like, damn, are they really, really letting us know how deep this is going in college football? Um, they're going to put that guy in the room of first 48. Well, we haven't. Allegedly, we haven't. They haven't confirmed that that's that guy. But it kind of looks like him. But then that one, you just say, nah. You know, like Chris Tucker said in Money Talks, we say, hey, man, you look ready. Oh, he's dead. You don't want to say this to him. I'd be like, no, nah, I wasn't at that game. But I'm not going to kill him too much. But come on, man. That's some Ohio State. And this is the reason why when Coach Day in the post get what? It's always been a gust against Ohio State. You know, it's Ohio State, Ohio. That's the reason why I came in here and said, stop it, man. Ain't nobody, if anything, y'all get benefited it out too. Come on, man. So... We'll see how I play. There's, a, you know, we'll get more into. It. We'll do a little preview tomorrow. There's some monster games coming up this week in college that will make some decisions and decide some things since this first playoff committee thing was released. All right, man. We'll parlay the rust till tomorrow in the Denver Bronco talk. So the people outside of Denver, y'all dodged a bullet on that one, I guess. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, people up in Tyler, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging. It's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. 
Spec says you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.